Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Two Pinter with me, Jono. We are two friends who like talking all things sport and aim to bring you a lovely podcast every week describing the events of the previous weekend and moving on to previews of the next and possibly a bit of midweek chat too. When, Like this week, we've got some Champions League. You might wonder why the Two Pinter. Uh, me and Gareth uh, went to university together and watched sport usually over a couple of pints and two pints was always the stake of our numerous bets that we used to have on sport. You say two rather than one, we had two pints because that was half a picture and we used to always buy pictures. Um, but now we're mature young men who would like to talk about sport over the podcast format. And Gareth, how do you want place to start? It's the big game of the weekend and I must ask, is Maurizio Sarri playing a two-pointer in his dressing room to motivate the Chelsea boys after I was uh, labelling them flat-track bullies? Yeah, great, great question, Andrew. Great question. Uh, I think, uh, didn't I predict that Chelsea would uh, perhaps, perhaps get a win? Their last chance saloon in terms of uh, taking back City for, for, uh, for the title? Uh, I certainly know. I think you did say something like they were, they were going to have a bit of a go and it was their last chance and I think I was sitting with a flat-track bully which looked great last week when they got beat by Wolves and um, yeah, uh, and, and I thought it looked all right first half when they were struggling to to get City away and City having most of the ball. But uh, then that famous uh, goal scoring midfield and Golo Kante steps up and everything changed. Yeah, do you think um, it's fair now to say that Chelsea are quite clearly the best team in London? I do not. Uh, I do not. I mean, Arsenal after a you know a big big win against Huddersfield the weekend, I think they're still continuing to roll. Um, I thought you'd have at least mentioned Spurs before you got to Arsenal. Uh, certainly not. Certainly not. Um, no good result for them last night getting out of the Champions League group stage, which means we're going to have all, all four sides in the next round, aren't we? But we, we can come to that. But uh, yeah, I think um, I think Chelsea look, look back in business. Um, but yeah, I still think it's a very interesting race for those those third and fourth spots. Uh, but yeah, maybe uh, maybe Chelsea in there. Well, um, fairly rigid philosophy and formation that Sarri seems to have, and, and fairly rigid in where he's the sort of same players seem to play. But if you can beat City, you could could beat anyone in theory, can you? Yeah, you should be able to. And I thought Chelsea were quite clever. They're clearly under the cosh for, for most most of the first half. They got absolutely battered, um, but they had a they had an out ball. Um, Pedro was not there to defend uh, that first half, and he was uh, he, he was sort of pulled himself to one side. Um, away from the City defence and was there as an outball and, and the one moment that uh, City relaxed their uh, high pressing David Luiz had a bit of time to uh, to ping it over to him and yeah there was, uh, there was still a lot to do from there but that was them on the attack and uh, it worked, uh, worked out cheap for them well, I thought both I thought the team selections were interesting both went with uh, with false, false nines didn't they uh, wingers wingers playing up top really um yeah, well, I know Guerra wasn't available, so that makes sense to see. But still, you, you paid a fair bit for Jesus and supposedly rate him. Um, and Chelsea have, have also got a couple of strikers themselves. Um, but yeah, both sides seem to want to try and, I guess, control the ball and have men who could run with it up top rather than, than hold up options. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah, I thought it was quite curious. Really. I thought, I didn't, didn't think it was especially an attacking move for either side, really. Probably more of a bit of a controlling the ball thing, which. Which City managed to do first half very well, and then um, and then lost, you know, conceded the goal and, and never really got it back. Odd for Chelsea, wouldn't it? Because you think that they would want to, if 
they won an outlet ball, they'd have a, a big man up top um, and probably your, your manager Rude to, to hold up play. But perhaps Hazard was a bit more. They have to think a bit more of Hazard near them, so perhaps drop a couple more, uh, a couple of yards deeper. Um, but yeah, it just seemed a bit odd to to play against City with uh, without some sort of outlet ball. But I suppose that's, that's as I said, that's probably the role that Pedro was playing. Um, yeah, there's so, yeah. more than more than one way to do it, isn't there? And you can uh, you can if you've got someone who can carry the ball a bit. Is you know uh, Hazard did it back in the World Cup, didn't he? Against Brazil later on, they were just playing up to him. And if it's yeah. hard to get a ball off someone, it's another way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's nice to know that our podcast is already reaching the Chelsea dressing room. Um, yeah. Uh, hey, I'm uh, yeah. Um, not a loves figure there. Um, speaking of not loves figures in Chelsea, the uh, uh, I make a joke, but it's it's not it's not amusing. Um, the the Raheem Sterling saga. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got to wonder really is, is racism still still prevalent in football? Do we think? I think I think it's, it's probably just prevalent in society. Like it's too deep, isn't it? It's um, I don't think it is just just football, but I think um, I thought fair play to Sterling. Um, he seems to have been the bloke who's matured uh, quite quickly over the last um well perhaps perhaps under under Pep's guidance really. Um and he uh, his statements when he came out uh, afterwards and, and didn't just blame the individuals uh, like seemed the obvious thing to do. Um but rather blame society and particularly the media. Um gave a couple of examples of those city lads, uh one black, uh, one white and how the media would uh, portrayed them the same, exact, doing exactly the same things, buying a £2 million house for their mothers uh, as different. One was lambasted um, because he uh, hadn't even played a game of Premier League football yet, and the other one uh, was considered a hero for buying his, uh, his mum a house. Um, you know, it's fairly obvious which way the uh, the colours went on that one, but um, yeah, I think fair, fair play to, to Sterling, uh, and I suppose now it, we'll, we'll see if, uh, if attitudes change. I thought it was uh, an incredibly mature and, and uh, thoughtful response, really, that um, he could have very easily just said, those fans are idiots, Bannon. He could have said, we don't like to say that, but I try to focus on the game. He could have said any number of sort of uh, fairly average things, but he decided to completely ignore what happened to him and just take it with a, with a smile on his face, even, which which mm-hmm. is very... And then uh, then highlight an issue that's a lot deeper rooted in society that's not as, as blindingly obvious to most. I mean, I wouldn't... I wouldn't have particularly thought about it. I didn't see it with the headlines, but I wouldn't have particularly thought about it. But when he, the way he says it, um, you do, do see similar stories in America when they're reporting a crime committed by a black person um, and, and a white person and how it can often be framed differently. And he's, he's basically turned the whole argument on his head. And, and like you say, really, it isn't, it isn't just football, of course. It's a societal issue. Um, yeah, and he's owned it, really, and, and, and taken he's taken control of the narrative. And... Um, yeah, I think I think newspapers, reporters, bloggers, even some idiots on Twitter would have to give it some thought. Um, and and yeah, it makes it a more intelligent, thoughtful, deeper conversation rather than just Chelsea fans are racist idiots, which some some definitely are and look like it on Saturday. But um, but it's putting it back on the whole the whole yes yeah, society really, which is is very smart for. And he, and he could have even gone on the route of. The amount of abuse he's taken over the years, and him having five children and stuff. When he doesn't, he's got two. Um, and the, the whole the rumours that have gone around about him, uh, he could have could have made out like that. But again, he didn't. Um, he didn't make himself the centre of it at all. He just cleverly started an argument that he's obviously part of. But he, um, yeah, he, he makes it a, a better conversation. 
Mm. Um, and in uh, also very spicy circumstances, the uh, Copa de Libertadores second leg was finally played uh, in Madrid rather than Buenos Aires, which was, was probably safer for all concerned, if uh, if maybe not as quite as atmospheric. Although the uh, the Bernabéu did look pretty wild on on Sunday uh, Sunday night, yes. Um, but it gave you gave you a chance to support one of your other teams, didn't it? Oh yeah, I have my Boca shirt on, Gareth. I've uh, been to the, I've actually been to the Boca River game before. It was only a pre-season friendly in uh, about five hours south of uh, Buenos Aires in a place called Mar del Plata, a beach town. But even at the friendly, there were uh, fans ripping up seats off the thing and throwing them at corner takers. Um, so it's a, a passionate affair. But yeah, I had my uh, Boca shirt on, bought uh, probably best part of ten years ago now, um, and was uh, we're cheering them on. But it, it didn't help. Uh, they did look. They did look the better side first half of Fulham and had the better of the ball and looked more up for it and River looked a bit bit flat. Um, but second half, an extra time, a different story really. And I think over the two legs, River looked the, the better side, had a bit more identity, a bit more football. Bocker were probably a bit more playing on passion and, and hope. Uh, but in turn, their first goal was, was outstanding from, uh, from River. Well, River probably should have scored and then turned it end-to-end and a lovely through ball. Um but yeah, I really thought River came on second half, and and then yeah, obviously bossed um, bossed the extra time, particularly with uh, the the Boca red card. Mm. Yeah, I think they they definitely looked the better side in there over the two legs. Um, but it, it opens up a further debate about whether that game should have been played, and I'm sure there'll be legal challenges from from Boca. Uh, they'll try already, already in process, aren't they? Because they got kicked out of the competition two yeah, <laughs> years ago. Yeah, if we'll put against the same side. Um, yeah, I don't think that'll go away just yet, although I imagine that result will probably stand and, um, and River will have will probably be the best result in their history. I think it's their fourth Libertadores. Still two behind Boca, who have got six, but um, the first final they've ever played against each other, so River have got that one. Uh, always to, to look back on fondly. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a tie, isn't it? You know, the quality of football isn't the same you see in the Premier League, but you do see the old uh, thundering tackles, the uh, yeah, sort of the pace and passion really that that we probably is, don't have in our game anymore. We have better football than better players, but I, I can uh, see why you're saying that from a from an Arsenal perspective. It's quite a quite a sedate affair when you go and watch Arsenal, but because yeah, Chelsea's that this week, it'll all change. It'll be a great defence. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I meant that more the atmosphere wise really, you making it sound like it was a sedate affair, uh, back in the Premier League and I can understand that from uh, from an Arsenal pressure perspective. Um there's other Here we go. Though, you, uh, uh, you, you want you want to tie in Europe last night and uh, this is a Liverpool for new listeners, Gareth's a Liverpool fan and they sing a song at the start and end of the game and it makes them the best fans in the world apparently. Uh, another <laughs> famous European night as they as they scrape to a one nil win against a pretty average Napoli side. Uh, but no, no, you're, you're probably the greatest fans ever. Oh, I wouldn't say we scraped to the 1-0, the 1-0 win. Um, it was probably the most dominant 1-0 I've seen in a, in a long time. Um, 1-0 was 1-0. Well, yeah, in effect, it was the same effect. We, we didn't scrape there, did we? Yeah, we should have had, we should have put, I don't know, probably no exaggeration, we probably should have put another five chances away. Um but, yeah, yeah, but Van Dyke should have been sent off after uh, 10 minutes, let's be fair, yeah, or 10, 15 minutes, and then... Uh, yeah, I'm not um, having that as a send-off. Uh, have you seen the pictures going around today? He's actually folded the lad's leg in half. It's lucky the uh, the lad, well, maybe, maybe not die, but certainly break his leg. Um, yeah, the lad's had on twist. I could take the ball about five minutes earlier, just uh, carried on sliding, the lad, lad ran onto his leg and uh, started rolling over. 
Yeah, not enough. So he got onto his leg. You mean the leg that he was trying to put through him? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it didn't look pretty on on the stills, but uh, at the time, I, I thought the lad had died. To be fair, <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe the referee was bringing it back. But um, yeah, yeah was so we, we, we just dominated it, and um, but right at the end, uh, <laughs> there was a couple of chances that uh, Napoli had at the end to uh, to knock us out completely, but. Um, big, uh, big Garrison uh, and Virgil too. Virgil, Virgil played well, but yeah, it was it's, um, yeah, it was, it was that famous atmosphere that carried us through, wasn't it, Andrew? Well, oh, that and a, a very uninspiring Napoli side. It didn't, didn't really seem to be that interesting playing football last night. It didn't really you look too bad. Do you not think that might be something to do with the atmosphere? That's what no, City always moaned about last year about when they came. Oh, it was the bus. It was the bus. Uh, nothing to do with the uh, the intimidating atmosphere that the Anfield brings. Or when you when you try and smash a bus, people are on to deliver story shows, Gareth. It can have dire consequences. So I think City had a point, whereas uh, Napoli uh, just they looked like they were potentially playing for a draw, but then didn't really seem to commit to defending. They sort of tried to play openish. They didn't really seem to know if they were coming or going. I didn't think they weren't. To, to be fair, the first half. I didn't think they they committed to either trying to play for a draw or trying to go for a win. They they started they started off all right at first fifteen and then never really seemed to be sure whether they were yeah say trying to get men behind or or, or go for a win and they just just mm. felt that it's a bit yeah it's just a bit disappointed they expected more after they turned over at their place. Yeah, well again <laughs> they turned us over on a one 0 win and uh, you called us scraping it a minute ago so. Um, well, one nil is one nil, Gareth. You know, as we said, uh, Allison had to make a great save, and they also blazed one over the bar from about three yards. Uh, would have obviously been glorious, glorious for either them had gone in. First half, they um, they had a couple of chances as well. It's fairly end to end. First half, um, it could have been one nil, one Sorry, very quickly. Yeah, there was um, Natalie just hit one over the bar, and was it was it Mane missed another one, or was that uh, Mane missed about four chances last night, didn't they? Yeah, kind of finish Rotofi at the moment. Yeah, well, Salah uh, had one when he truly just hit it first time, but I controlled it. And, um, yeah, we had a few chances, but um, but no, not probably not the, uh, the greatest result in uh, for the English club last night. I think that came down to probably the, uh, the second best team in uh, in London, didn't it? Uh, the third best team, possibly even yeah, less maybe the mighty Crystal Palace. Um, yeah, no, uh, very impressive. It was uh, it was a nice late goal for him. Um, and Spurs, uh, yeah. Spurs are talking about it, yeah. <laughs> if anyone who didn't know that we uh, do they were playing. Against the uh, mighty Barcelona. The Barcelona the second team they played. Um, yeah, Barcelona had about... Well, had probably one of the best benches you've ever seen. Uh, a glitter in who's who of football the last 10 years. Uh, but yeah, Spurs only had to beat the Barcelona second team and, and they just managed to scrape a draw. Um, we put them through uh, on head to head, I think, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, yeah, just ahead of Inter. Um, but yeah, fair play to them. Um, so they, they are the only London team still in the Champions League, then, aren't they? They are. They are. And, uh, and really still good. the highest placed London team. They are also the only London team without stadium. Um, no, they got one. They just don't want to play there. <laughs> well, well, not, a working they, one, um, not, not a working one. There's an interesting stat the other day that they've uh, had the 16 Premier League games now. They've played 10 of them, uh, yeah, 10 of them away. 
they've, they've cashed in in a few of their uh, away games. For the second half of the season, they've got a few more home games to uh, to come. And, um, yeah, they're not that far off, uh, although it's possibly descending into a bit of a two-horse race. They're not that far off the top of this. Well, five points behind, six points behind you, so not a million miles. Uh, goal difference is far different, so mm. if you were looking at underlying stats, um, margins of victories and like, you, you might not put them there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Chelsea and Arsenal are both two points further back, so I think I think that's more where they're fighting for third and fourth. Um, yeah, those extra home games, though, they might come in handy sort of back end of the season. I mean, yeah, we don't know whether they're going to be played and I'm not the Spurs at the moment, so we'll we'll wait and see on that. Um, but yes, on to uh, Premiership this weekend, and the, there's probably only one place to, to start. It's uh, Sunday, the prime time Super Sunday game. That's Southampton v Arsenal at 1.30. <laughs> yeah, can, can Arsenal uh, get back to winning weight? No, they, they beat other fields, haven't they? Uh-huh. Yeah, they haven't lost for 20 odd games, Gareth. They're, they're uh, quite. And they've got the mighty Quarabog to uh, tomorrow night. Um, so, but yeah, um, but no, on a, on a serious note, uh, hopefully Arsenal can beat the uh, the new manager who, who got beat by Cardiff last week. But Liverpool Man United at four is, is probably the bigger tie uh, at your place, isn't it? Are you, are you, will you be attending? No, it's not my game this week. So, no, uh, no I won't be going to that one. Uh, my, my, yeah, my luck ran out on the derby. Um, in terms of good tickets, but it's a funny weekend because City play Everton. Um, and That's the first game of the weekend, isn't it? Yeah, so Liverpool fans will want Everton to win. Everton fans will want United to win. Um, City fans probably want United to win. Uh, so yeah. it's uh, yeah, a bit of a mix all round, really. Do you, uh, you think you'll be able to get over the European hangover quickly and uh, turn up against the, the big side that is United these days? I've, I've, to be fair, I've been the last couple of seasons and uh, Mourinho parks the bus and it's been a very drab nil-nil. I think one was on a Monday night, um, which was... Uh, that, was awful, yeah. that was an awful game. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're both great. Neither of them were particularly great, but um, yeah, the one last year was, was probably the worst of the two. Um, so yeah, I don't hold out much hope. Um, but yeah, we've, we've certainly got the tools to, uh, to beat a very average United side at the minute. Um, you know, while they fight for eighth or ninth place, wherever they are. Um, but Mourinho knows how to get come to Anfield and get a result. Uh, he did it with Chelsea all those years ago, didn't he? So, um, yeah, I, I know he's back to win, um, surprisingly enough. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I, it, it won't be, no, by no means, a foregone conclusion. Uh, probably similar to the derby, just a scrape a, a 1-0 win or uh, maybe a 2-1. Um, and hopefully the... The Blues do the favour against City. You are a four-seven favourites with Skybet. There's a free plug for you there, Skybet. If you want to come sponsor us, uh, you know what? They're actually nine to two, which is, is large odds. Um, yeah, they're not they're not great, are they? But you know, they showed oh, at City last week. They kind of always occasionally go away and get a big result, uh, a good side. Uh, nine to two seems a hefty price, but I, I don't really think they'll win for probably a good reason. It's a hefty price. They should stick um, Fellaini up front on because I think it'll be Aga back on uh, on Sunday because Gomez is Gomez is out for six weeks and Matic's now out for a month or so. Um, so yeah, they think they'll stick Fellaini up top, um, put some pressure on uh, on Van Dijk and, and Aga. Um, Lukaku will be there to to bully uh, bully the back four a bit. Um, 
Are you, no, you making a hilarious joke here with Danny Agar? Or are you talking about Dejan Lovren? Oh, sorry, Lovren, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were trying to tell me there's a crisis in your club and you're going to have to bring back Danny Agar. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should have gone down that line, but no, it's Sidney yeah. Lovren. Um, although Danny Agar, oh, I used to love him. Um, but uh, yeah, that's United's biggest uh, asset is their goalkeeper. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. Uh, before we move on, uh, listeners, we have now uh, got onto parts of social media. Uh, the Facebook page is still under construction. Uh, details will be passed shortly. But we are on uh, Twitter. What is our handle, Gareth? It's at Twitter uh, at Pinter Two. Pinter so Two. And uh, as part of this social media, please follow. Please, uh, yeah, just subscribe, join, give us a like, whatever you want, you want to do. Uh, we will be introducing a new uh, new feature from next week, uh, which will be. Arthur Barmaid, uh, as she uh, sits there pouring us pints, um, questions in that you can ask the barmaid, and uh, me and Gareth will, will discuss live on air. Uh, I say it's live on air, we're doing a podcast, it's not really live at all, but we'll certainly take your questions, and uh, if there's a few, we'll uh, try and answer a couple and uh, pick the best ones, but yeah, please uh, send them in on Twitter, and uh, we'll let you know the Facebook on there too. Uh, so we've covered football, Gareth, it was the uh, Champions Cup back in the rugby at the weekend. And uh, yeah. it looks like Exeter, uh, one of England's best sides the last couple of seasons, uh, are already gone. Yeah, a bit of a shocker, wasn't it? Home to uh, home to Gloucester. Um, yeah, just not what you'd expect at all. They're running away with it in the league with Tarries, and uh, there's a, um, a chasm between them and the rest of the league. But in Europe, Exeter seem to be struggling no matter who they play. Well, the uh, the other interesting thing about that is that the you know Rob Baxter, the uh, great white hope for England, who says he doesn't want to coach England, um, has uh, you know put a lot of stock in Europe this season. Said we want to do better, we want to make it, we make it our priority, and and they've they've been rubbish. Um, I, I watched them first game against Munster when they just scraped a draw late on at their place, and and they weren't good. They um they kind of got out exited by Munster. Munster I thought could have put the game away and grabbed scraped a late draw and. Then uh, now I've lost to Gloucester at home. Um, I think it's still mathematically possible for them to qualify, but that means they've got to go to Toman Park and win, which has only been done twice before in Champions Cup history, once by the mighty Leicester, uh, many moons ago. And, uh, yeah, it's not not an easy place to go and win. So, yeah, it's a little like they're gone. Um, so, talking of uh, the mighty Leicester and other English clubs, um, Leicester doing, doing well then in the Champions Cup? Uh, we're doing better next time. We've got double their points on six, and uh, we we got beat by ten by Racing on the weekend. And I actually thought we we played quite well and could have we scored four tries, for example, and got a bonus point. And we could have essentially got another bonus point. We could have we just have been accurate. We do some good things and then just just have a silly knock on or miss out an overlap or um, just give the ball back to them and give away a silly penalty. We actually we caused them some problems and. Uh, I'll be I'll be in attendance this weekend as we take them back on at our place. Um, mm. Quick quick thinking from um, from Ford, wasn't it? To get that fourth uh, fourth try. It was. It was lovely, lovely intercept and move. And he actually probably one of the better games I've seen when his pack wasn't moving forward from Ford. I actually felt he he still managed to pull some strings, but but it wasn't enough in reality. That's in um, one of the uh, I think three undefeated sides in the competition. So it's them, the resurgent to lose. We can come to in a sec and uh, Sarries. The only three undefeated sides, and uh, yeah, they'll they'll be there about there or thereabouts come the end of the uh, tournament, I think. Um, so yeah, Leicester 
need to beat Racing, then yeah, need to beat Old Swansea. Yeah, I don't really see us qualifying. Looks unlikely. Um, More likely than uh, Scarlet, though. <laughs> yeah, they've. Uh, well, with uh, the coach, you think it's uh, the coach being off to Wales soon? They're uh, losing focus, and he's, he's a lame duck. Possibly, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's um, compared to what Scarlett's been playing the last couple of seasons. Uh, this season, they sort of a shadow of themselves, and uh, certainly in, in Europe, um, being at home to, to Ulster on the weekend. Um, yeah, after uh, after doing so well last year, bit of a shocker, really. Yeah, I mean, maybe the uh, Scarlet players are forgetting that he'll, he'll be their coach when they're, if they're trying to get into the Wales team, so they should probably keep keep playing hard for him uh, before he holds grudges for uh, forevermore, for the next mm. four years at least. Uh, and we also have a resurgence to lose, rolling back the years, still uh, three from three. Uh, and then I watched, uh, yeah, gave gave Wasps a bit of a, yeah, it wasn't a dust up, but they, they gave, well, they were better than Wasps, like all the game really, and, and unsurprisingly won. And, uh, yeah, the top of a group that has Leinster in it, they've still got to go to to Dublin, so that probably won't end well for them. But um, in turn, that Leinster only snuck a, a win with a late intercept to try against Bath. Um, yeah, to lose, uh, it'd be lovely, lovely to see him back in top of the form, four-time winners, um, but but not one for for well over ten years now. Uh, can they? Uh, yeah, can they return to the heights of the previous, or will? Uh, Saracens, uh, Leinster, and Racing, the uh, the usual faces, really win it. Yeah, I, I think Saris are going to be uh, going to be one of the favourites, aren't they? Uh, well, yeah, Matt Mako came back this weekend, and uh, Matt Toji's out for for a little while, isn't he? But um, but she'll be back for the Six Nations, which is good news. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, you, you probably look at the usual suspects really moving forward and. And they'll, yeah, they'll probably do the business. Um, that's a rugby cover, Gareth. Uh, we're both boxing fans, as we discussed in a great detail last week. Uh, there's been, been no movement yet in a, a Wilder Fury or a, a Wilder AJ or AJ uh, Fury match uh, that we've known. Just just a lot of a lot of chat. Um, there's been a lot of chat. It's looking more and more likely there's going to be uh, Wilder Fury, doesn't it? Yeah, I wonder about that. I think uh, I think Eddie seems like he's making a lot of noise, which thinks trying to pump up the fight. Doesn't sound like Eddie at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm wondering if if there is that much noise, if there is the hope that he uh, that doesn't have to be Wilder Fury rematch, which is the obvious uh, the obvious fight and the correct fight, but that doesn't mean it's the the money fight necessarily, and that's usually what talks. Yeah. Um, but whilst they uh, they all chat and flirt. Uh, the other two uh, players we spoke about, uh, Cam Kill and uh, Amir Khan, are going back to it after a rather unimpressive performance by all accounts from uh, Mr. Brook at the weekend. Yeah, he uh, took him 12 rounds and won on, uh, on the judges' scorecard. Um, seems to fairly unknown, well, very unknown fighter. You think that kind of, well, will give Khan the opportunity to step up now and say, um, yeah, I'll fight him because I know I can beat him, but Khan's off trying to uh, trying to impress other people, isn't he? Also, I asked, do you think this was a, a play from Kel? Uh, I'll look a bit average. I'll, I'll look like I can get hit easily, which is what he was getting on Saturday rather than his usual reasonably slick self. Uh, do you think he was um, not putting on 100% effort to try and go Khan into a fight? Or mm-hmm. do, you think he's, do you think he's on the slide with his uh, twice, both smashed up eye sockets and uh, a stabbed leg before he's, he's been in the wars, Kel? Is he 
Is he finally catching up, or is he, uh, is he trying to goad Khan into a, a big fight? It'd be interesting if he's trying to goad Khan. Um, I like that theory because I like Brooks, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, this, this, that's the first time he's been a real that luster fight from, from his his uh, point of view recently. Anyway, the, the other two fights were uh, were losses, like you say, smashed up eyes. But um, yeah, it, it's difficult to know what what uh, Khan wants, isn't it? Khan. Talks, talks a good game, um, doesn't really say anything that um, makes you think that he wants to wants to chase after Brook. Um, so maybe maybe Brook is starting to uh, think about alternative things. I suppose the thing for for Brook is that his money fight is with Khan. There's no one really else. Uh, whereas Khan has potentially got a couple of options of people he could get smashed up by, um, which will get him a bit of money. But um, yeah, you'd think with them both being under the same uh, promoters that it was going to be a done deal, but it seems to be even harder now than it was before. Yeah, that's the, the sad thing. I thought with him joining Eddie, it was it was likely going to get done and it was going to be... Uh, yeah, that's certainly a stadium fight where, where they want to do it. Um, and it, it looked like it was moving, you know, near Khan won his fight, failed to win his. Uh, and then Khan starts talking to Terence Crawford. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Terence Crawford listeners, but he's bloody good um, and will take Khan to school uh, if he does so fighting. Um, yeah, he doesn't want any part of Crawford. Uh, and I don't... Other than challenging himself, which which Khan, other than Kel Brook, as he's been in plenty of big fights, you can't say that about him and he's, he's only lost to some very good fighters. Uh, but, yeah, he, he, he's not... <laughs> Pete Khan would have probably got beat by Crawford and he's not Pete Khan anymore. Um, mm. And... and, and Crawford is as good as he is, and he's, he's you know pound for pound top three probably for me behind Lomachenko and, and not many others. Uh, he's not a huge name. He, he fights out of Nebraska. Uh, it's not 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 a huge state. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, not not the biggest name one. He usually fights in front of a, a rabid home crowd. But yes, even if Khan comes over, you know, they could go to Vegas. It's still still not a huge fight. Whereas. He could fight over a brook and it would be massive. It would be pumped up by Sky for two, three weeks before we'd all pay our uh, 20 odd quid for it and uh, and enjoy. And, and very much enjoy the build up as they carried on flirting. But yeah, after seeing so close, it now seems as far away as ever. And yeah, I think uh, if, if Khan doesn't do it soon, then, then Kel needs to stay at light middleweight, which is, is the weight above. Because that's probably, he seems to struggle to get down to lightweight. Um, but they did come in a bit lighter at the weekend. So you probably sure could get down to his one two, but it's probably not his ideal weight. If he goes up from there, I don't see why he wants to lose. You know, it's not good for a boxer to keep putting on muscle and losing it. You see it takes take, take it out of fighters over time. Um, yeah, Khan's not going to come up anymore, so the chance will go. It, it seems now or never, and we've said that before. But just, yeah, it seems suddenly far away again. I'm, I'm not convinced it'll happen, which is a bit of a real shame. They could always do a catch weight, couldn't they? And if that's if it's no titles on the line, then um, yeah, well that, that's that's what they go for. Very possible, but it just seemed that Khan was trying to make all these. I mean, I'm a I'm a Khan fan. You're more of a Brook fan, but Khan seemed to get all that he wanted in terms of one four seven a potential rehydration clause. It seemed that Brook, unless he's just talking a very good media game, was 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 up for all that, and and then Khan still makes excuses. Uh, Sounds like he's around on the Khan theory. I'm sure I used to battle with you about running away from Brook. I don't, I don't think he's scared of Brook. I just think he he's rather arrogant about it and thinks it'll always be there. And and it 
probably always would be, but it's it's you know if they leave it another couple of years, it's not going to be as big as it could have been, and they'll both be two over the hill fighters fighting, and, and sometimes they produce better fights because they're not as able to abuse boxing skills, and it becomes a bit more of a scrap. Um, but it yeah, it'd just be a real good one to get now uh, in this in this time of uh, yeah British boxing at, at the at its height really, and all the hype around it. It'd be another great one to throw in there. Um, and yet we're uh, yeah we seem like we're. Uh, I just yeah, concerned it won't happen. Yeah. Um, a bit of a worry. Uh, how was the? Uh, did you find the NFL at the weekend, Gary? Oh, I thought it was thoroughly entertaining. Yeah. As if it's uh, that, no, what, uh, what did you think of it? <laughs> nice of you to ask, Gareth. Nice of you to ask. It was uh, it was a great weekend of NFL actually. Um, yeah, so it's starting to to really get sorted out now and. Uh, Six o'clock game on Sky was the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, who might be the best team in, in football, play against the Baltimore Ravens, who are probably the best defense, and it was kind of the irresistible force meets the immovable object. Um, and for a long while, it looked like the Ravens away from home were gonna gonna turn over the Chiefs, but um, they're a great quarterback at home. To uh, listeners, if you haven't watched him, you're not showing his highlights. He does no look and uh, NFL quarterback passes. Uh, he looks the other way and throws. Um, he can throw off his back foot and get throw the ball huge amounts of yards. He's, he's got every sort of trick in the book, really. Uh, on a on a fourth for nine play, which means that it was his last chance because you only get four downs. Um, against the best defensive football, he, he was on the run and managed to throw a huge 40-yard pass downfield to uh, his running receiver, Tyreek Hill, and uh, complete, for which kind of brought him back and, and allowed him to get a touchdown in the next couple of plays. And then they won in overtime. It was a, it was a phenomenal play. And... Um, He's probably looking at favourite for, for MVP. Um, and then another, uh, great, he was looking for great plays of the weekend, the uh, New England Patriots, which have long been the gold standard in the NFL. They've won uh, the current sort of era of team under Tom Brady's quarterback have won five Super Bowls. Um, they were down in Miami, didn't play a great game, but were six points up with, uh, well, on going into the last play. And uh, sort of two options for a last play, really, guys. You can go for a Hail Mary, which is where you... Go for a very long throw, just throw it towards the end zone and hope that one of your players can get it. Bit of a bit of a freak low low percentage play because the other team will usually just put loads of players back in there and it just becomes a big bundle and it's hard to get a catch in there. And the other one is what the one they call the hook and ladder play, which is where they'll throw it to someone and uh, once in a, once the quarterback's thrown it forward, you can't do another forward throw, but you can pass it sideways as in the way rugby do or you know backwards. Uh, it's not a particularly practiced skill in the NFL, so they don't really use it um, apart from on this last play when. If they've got nowhere to go, they'll pass it and see if someone else can do it. On this play, there were two passes, uh, and they got to probably the fastest player on the field, who, who suddenly realised that after trying to look for another pass, he had quite a bit of open field in front of him. Uh, ran past, and then uh, New England last area defence was one of their great players, Rob Gronkowski, who is a, a big brute of a player, but, but not the athlete he once was. And He uh, he couldn't get an angle on the tackle, and he ran around to score for a, a last-second win on a, and quite a freak play, uh, which when the Patriots lose and are now... Won't, they'll still be in the playoffs, but they probably won't be a, a number one seed and have home field advantage for it. So that was uh, that was rather good fun. Uh, and so, yeah, the NFL rumbles on. We'll see the Chiefs. Uh, the other great game was the uh, Chicago Bears taking out the, the Rams, uh, two of the probably top three sides in the NFC side uh, with great defense. So we're starting to – this season it was just a big offensive explosion and still has been. It's starting to settle a bit and uh, the playoffs spots are looking good. And uh, – yeah, well, I'll say now, I think the Chiefs look as good as anyone. It'd be a good fun to see them win because they're probably the most fun, fun sides to watch. Um, 
So, yeah, uh, tune in this weekend for more NFL fun. It's on Saturday and Sunday if you uh, really want to get your fix this weekend. Uh, while you while you uh, enjoy the uh, the Marty Mourinho coming to Anfield and taking all po- all the points, Gareth. Yeah, well, the, I mean, you can bet two pints on that if you want. So I think we could take this off air, Gareth, and discuss betting terms. Um, no, yeah, <laughs> not no rush to get into those sort of conversations just yet. But uh, yeah, thanks for the uh, week to catch up, and I'll uh, catch you next week to do a review all this. Yeah, I look forward to uh, who's going to be the barmaid. Yes, uh, please send your questions in at Pinter2. Thanks for listening. See you next week, guys. Thank you very much. Back to David Simon Johnson. Cause-